Well, I want to invite you today. Let me turn on my mic. Are we on? There we go. I want to invite you this morning to stand to your feet uh, one last time before uh, we bring the word to you. And I want to read a passage of scripture. I want to invite you to read it with me. You know, we're starting 21 days. 21 days that we're going to really focus on looking up. It's really our theme for the year, look up. In fact, the verse that we're going to read is a verse that I want to use over the next several weeks, and really I will be using all year long in a, in a way, because at the end of last year, as I was in a time kind of a prayer and, and asking God what, what he was saying for the new year, the Lord took me to that phrase, look up. And I have begun to see so many wonderful things about what he's wanting to do in our lives. I believe God's calling our church to a, another level of maturity, to continue to grow. And I believe that this passage says something about that. Let's go to Colossians 3.2, and I want you to all read this with me, guys, if you pull that up on the screen. For those of you that don't have a, a translation, we're going to read out of the message translation today. Let's read it together. You ready? Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, observe what... Sorry, let's try it again. All right, let's try it again. Here we go. Ready? I'll see if I can follow better this time. Ready? Don't shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what is going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. You know what? I believe that God is wanting to begin to cause his people to begin to look up. Sometimes we tend to look down. We tend to live down. We tend to focus on our problems, on our trials, and we don't see things from the perspective of God. And I believe that as you and I begin to get a more eternal view, more supernatural or more heavenly perspective, it will make a difference on what happens in this realm, in this earth. Look, the problem in America is that we're taught to follow the American dream, which it's great to have dreams and goals. I'm going to talk about that today. But sometimes we begin to live our life for us. And Jesus said, hey, it's not about just this world. It's about the one to come. It's not just about you. It's about others. And so God is going to take us on a journey this year of learning to look up and become more spiritually minded and become more eternally minded. And so we're going to begin that process, but I want to say a prayer as we start today. Would you just close your eyes? Holy Spirit, we welcome you and we make room for you. Lord, help me to just kind of get out of the way and let your voice be here. Let it be bold and strong. Speak through me. Speak through the, the verses that are spoken, through the message that's given. Let us hear your voice. We want to look up. So, Lord, as we start 21 days, Lord, let us blast into the new year with everything you've planned for us, every promise that we can attain, we can walk in. Just say this prayer with me. Say, Holy Spirit, speak to my heart. Help me to look up. In Jesus' name, amen. You may be seated. Now, as you're seated today, I want to invite the ushers to come, and they have booklets that they're going to hand out to you that look like this. I want to thank Jenny and Jeff Gilbert for all their hard work putting this together for us. Not just creating it, but also photocopying it. They saved us lots of money rather than using a printer. It was a blessing. We appreciate them. 
There are 21 days represented in this book. Some of you say, what is 21 days about, Pastor Jared? Well, every year, if you are new to Higher Vision Church, for the last several years, at the beginning of each year, we take 21 days as a church family to fast and pray, to focus and kind of tune in, dial the frequency in to God and what he has for us for the new year. 21 days comes from the book of Daniel. Daniel had been taken out of Israel as a captive into Babylon. And in Babylon, there was a season where he dedicated himself for 21 days. And he didn't eat um, good-tasting foods. He didn't eat meat. He didn't eat drink wine. He didn't um, have sweets. He didn't do that. But he kind of focused himself and became attentive in prayer. To, to seek God and to understand. And here's what's cool is an angel showed up 21 days after he started praying. And on the 21st day, the angel shows up and said, as soon as you turned your heart towards God and decided, I want to understand, God answered and sent his reply. But there's been some spiritual warfare that's taken place and it's taken a little time to get here. And now on the 21st day, here's your answer, here's your breakthrough. And so we use that story as a model for us as believers to go into a season of fasting and prayer. There's different types of fasting. You can, the, the, the kind of fasting that Jesus did in the New Testament was he went 40 days with water only. That seems probably impractical for most people in the world we live in today. But the idea of withholding things from yourself so that you become more sensitive. How many know that sometimes we become calloused and hard and we need to sensitize and soften our hearts to be able to hear and receive and to know what God has for us? So the next 21 days, we're inviting you to join us in prayer. We have a prayer card right here and we're going to end these 21 days with a 24-hour prayer event. It's going to be in our MPR. It's amazing. If you've never come, you've got to set aside an hour in that 24-hour period, all right? You can look in the calendar. It's on there. In fact, there's a card you received when you walked in, and it's a place for you to sign up and say, hey, I want to sign up and pray for an hour. Now, you might say, how am I going to pray for an hour? I, five minutes is good for me. Anybody ever been there? Well, listen, when you go in, you'll understand because there are stations set up all over the room, and they're awesome with all kinds of uh, imagery and pictures and things interactive for you to do in prayer. An hour is almost not enough time. It's awesome. And so we want to, as a church, start praying and conclude 24 hours every hour we have people gathered together to pray. So will you look at that and consider signing up? Sign up for a time you can keep the top portion. Write your prayer requests on the, on the top. And then on the bottom, give us your name, email, and the time you're going to pray. And then on the back, give us some prayer requests that we can pray with you. And later in the service, when the offering bags go by, tear that off and place it in there. We're going to fill up every hour. And then after the 24 hours of prayer, we're going to have our service on Saturday night, Sunday morning. And then we're going to end it all on Sunday night with the outpouring. And we're going to have an outpouring of God's Spirit. I'm excited about what God's going to do in 2015. So I want to encourage you to begin. This booklet, by the way, is online. So if you forget it at home and you want to follow... It's powerful. The Bible tells us that when we pray together, when two or three agree in prayer, that that's, that's a powerful thing. So I want to pray with you. And I can't do it with, you know, over 3,000 people at Higher Vision Church. I can't do it. But this way we can. And guess what? If you read every page 
Every day there is a devotion, there's a, a verse for you, there's a prayer focus, and we can all be in unity praying together. It's powerful. So take the booklet with you, or you can go online to higherevisionchurch.com. You can click on it and find it there. Also, if you have the Version app, just click on Version. go to Live Event, and you'll see right there, you know, search Live Event, it'll say Higher Vision Church prayer event. You can have it on your phone, and you can do it right there as well. All right? So we've made it available for you. We're going to begin a journey together the next 21 days. We're going to begin a new year, and I believe God has some amazing things waiting for us in 2015. Would somebody say amen to that? So what I want to do now is I want to jump into the sermon, and I want you to turn in your Bibles, your phones, and if you didn't bring one, we'll throw it up on the screen for you. I want to turn now to Joshua chapter 1, and we're going to look at verse 1 and 2 of Joshua chapter 1 for a moment. It's interesting how God works because I was praying about this idea of look up. And we may get into Colossians that we read a moment ago later in the series. But the Lord led me to Joshua. And I didn't realize the significance. I knew that Joshua had had a situation where he was close to Jericho. Remember if you've heard that story and he looked up and he saw the angel or he saw the commander of the Lord's army with his sword drawn. And he went to him and he got the direction for how to face Jericho and defeat it. And, and so I was drawn to that phrase, look up. But what as I began to study the beginning of Joshua, I began to realize that there's powerful significance to you and I and to Higher Vision Church and to God's church right now in this story. It's strategic, and I'll explain it to you in a little bit. It, it was awesome because it's really cool when God confirms something because as I began to study, I began to realize, wow, God, you're in this, and this is for us right now. So I'm going to read to you, and I want to take this story, and over the next several weeks, I want to pull some principles out that will help you and I to look up, to, to follow God's plan. Let me ask you a question. How many want to step into every promise that God has for you? Joshua was on the, the edge of the Jordan River, and on the, the area that he was on and behind him was the wilderness. Forty years they had wandered. On the other side of the Jordan was the promised land, the promises that God had given his people. And so they were entering into a new season from an old season. We're leaving 2014 and we're entering 2015. We're we're leaving the old and we're stepping into the new. And they were about to walk into promises that God had for them. I believe God wants you and I to walk into promises in 2015 that he has for us. So I want to read this, and we're going to draw some principles over the next several weeks. Joshua chapter 1, verse 1 says this. After the death of Moses, the servant of the Lord, it came time, or it came to pass, that the Lord spoke to Joshua, the son of Nun, Moses' assistant, saying, Moses, my servant is dead. Now therefore... Arise. I want to take this verse, and I I read this in the the New King James Version. I'm going to switch now to the New Living Translation, but I want to give you point number one today. You're going to have two points. And if you have your notes, pull them out. You can fill in and and write in the, the principles that I'm sharing today. This is going to apply to your life, to my life. We're going to take God's word. Did you know that the Old Testament, the Bible says in Corinthians, was written for our spiritual instruction and admonition? So what we read in the Old Testament is there to instruct and help us in our walk and relationship with God. 
So here we go. Point number one. You ready? 2015, this is what I believe God is saying to me, and I believe he's saying it to you as well, and that's simply this. You ready? Point number one is this. Stand up. It's time to stand up. I want to read to you now this same passage in Joshua chapter 1. We're going to start at verse 2 and go through verse 9. I'm going to read it in the New Living Translation. This is an awesome, powerful passage. I'm going to read it to you. Look what it says. Moses, here's what God's saying now to Joshua. Moses, my servant, is dead. Therefore, you need to underline this, the time has come for you to lead. In the other translation, he says, arise and lead. The point is, is God's saying, it's time, stand up and lead. The time has come for you to lead these people, the Israelites, across the Jordan River into the land I'm giving them. I promise, the, the, I promise you what I promised Moses. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I've given you. Verse 5. No one will be able to stand against you as long as you live, for I will be with you as I was with Moses. I will not fail you or abandon you. How many think that's a great promise from God? Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead. I've chosen you. Stand up and lead. I'm with you. I'm not going to leave you. Stand up and lead, for I've chosen you. You're the one who will lead these people to, the, to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be strong and courageous. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from them, turning to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Somebody say amen. amen. Study this book of instruction, speaking of God's word, continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey. It's in the studying that will cause you to obey. So that you will obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged for the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. Somebody say amen. Now, some of you might be new to church and like, why is he having to say amen? The word amen means, yes, I agree. And if you agree that God wants you to step into his promises, that he wants you to fulfill your purpose, to receive all that he's promised you to succeed and prosper, to know that he's with you and he never leaves you, somebody say amen. amen. Now, as I read this passage, what jumps out is the idea, Joshua Stand up and lead. I believe that's something God's saying to me. I believe this passage is echoing that to all of us as we, just like Joshua, step into the new season. Now, I ask myself the question, why did God say it that way, stand up? Now, we don't know in this passage what was really going on because there's no indication that, that Joshua was laying on the ground. There's no indication that he was kneeled down praying. God just spoke to Joshua. Joshua very well could have been, you know, standing. He could have been in his house, you know, or we really didn't have homes then, but the, the places that they moved in, the tents and things that they had. But God said, he made the statement as he was about to lead and move into the new season, stand up. And I began to think to myself, God, why did you use that phrase, stand up? 
Well, I believe that standing up, and here's the idea. I believe God chose that phrase because of this. First of all, standing up is about timing. If you want to write that down, it's a little sub-point I want to give you. Standing up is about timing. Here's what God says. God said, the time has come, Joshua. Stand up and lead. In other words, this is the time. Now is the moment. The timing is right for you to lead, for you to stand up. You know, God is a God of timing. Timing is important. I mean, you know, timing matters. I, I, I often tell the story of a friend of mine who's on our board, Pastor Pierre, who pastors a church in Rochester, New York, that called the Father's House. It's an amazing place. And I remember being at his house one day, and he was telling me a story. And he said, Jared, he goes, listen, when you're out there and you're, you're leading, understand that God is a God of seasons and God is a God of timing. He said, my kids, they went through a phase where they wanted to fly kites. And he said, they say, Dad, let's fly a kite. And we, 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 you know, on my day off, I'd be like on the outside, great. But on the inside, most of the time, I was like, bummer. And here's why. Because I would look outside. And when I would look outside, most of the time, when they wanted to fly the kite, the wind wasn't blowing. So here's what I knew what would happen. I would go outside, they would stand 30 yards away from me and hold the kite, and then I would start running. And as soon as I started running, the kite would kind of do this thing, and it would never get into the air. So 45 minutes, I would run up and down the street, winding myself, trying to get the kite to fly, and it never would because it wasn't the right time. But when they would say, let's fly a kite, and I looked outside and it was blowing. Inside, I, I got excited too. Because I knew all I had to do was walk outside. They would hold the kite. I'd take a few steps and whoop, the, the, the kite would fly into the air. Why? Because the wind was blowing. The timing was right. Here's what you need to know. In this passage, God is saying, the wind is blowing. The time is right. So stand up and lead. Now, when we look at the passage, here's why we know the time is right. Because God always has perfect timing. What I discovered about this story is if you follow the story forward, once God speaks to Joshua, here's what happens. Joshua tells the people, let's get ready, we're going to cross the Jordan. They step into the Jordan River, and as they do, God does a miracle, and the waters part. God basically causes a dam upstream, and the water just piles up, and they walk across. And the Bible says that when they finally walk across, this is several days after God heard or God had spoken to Joshua, the Bible gives us some really cool insight. It says they walked onto dry land on the 10th day of Nisan. Now, that isn't like some sales event for Nissan cars, in case you're wondering. What it was was Nisan was the first month of the Jewish year. So what happened was, if you rewind the number of days that they prepared to go, if you calculate and add in there a little bit of when he sent the spies off to Jericho and how long they were gone, we don't know exactly when it was, but it was probable that on New Year's Day or a couple days after the new year started, that God said, listen, Joshua, the old year is gone, Moses is dead, the wind is blowing. The time is right. Get up and lead. 
And what's interesting is it was the beginning of the new year, and when they walked onto dry land, it happened to be the exact day 40 years later from when they had first, for the very first time, celebrated Passover, where God protected and watched over them and defeated their enemies. When God says it's time, it's time. God has a plan. And when I read this passage, what jumps out to me is simply this. Many of us, when we have moments that come before us, like the new year, and we make our New Year's resolutions, I'm going to eat better. I'm going to start working out. Did you know that most gyms sell 90% of their memberships in January? Why? Because it's a season of time that in our hearts and our minds we know is strategic because we're setting the course for the future. And the point I want to make is as we read Joshua at the very beginning, God says, listen, this right now, the time we're in, is a strategic moment. But here's what we do. We do this. This is what could have happened with Joshua. We could have looked at God like Joshua and said, whoa, 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 God, this is the worst time. Joshua died. I mean, uh, Moses died. Our nation is grieving. You want me to get up and you want me to lead right now? We just had a horrible year. Our leader who led us for, for all of these years is dead and gone. And I'll tell you, there's a lot of you that as you look at 2014, you had a tough year. You had a devastating year. And maybe just like uh, Joshua, you know, you could be thinking, well, this, uh, listen, I'm, I'm kind of afraid of what to do now in the next season because the person who led before isn't here anymore. Or, or you know what, I'm not sure where we're supposed to go or what we're supposed to do. Th this is a bad time. I'm sad right now. I've been kicked in the gut. I went through a trial. 2014 was a devastating year. I got a divorce. I, I lost my home. I, I, had a I lost my job. Or you know what? I don't know if, if I'm ready to stand up and lead. This doesn't seem like the right time to me. I'm sure that's what Gideon said. Remember when Gideon was in the well, he was threshing wheat, and the enemy had come against Israel? They were devastating Israel. And God speaks to Gideon and says, Arise and lead my people to battle and defeat the Philistines. God, this is the worst time. We don't, even have a, we don't even have a general. We don't have a government. Are you sure? God says, arise and lead. Stand up and lead. What about Peter? Peter, after he had you know, denied that he knew Jesus, then Jesus comes and sees him after his resurrection on the shore of the water. And what does he say? He says, hey, Peter, stand up and lead. Do you love me? Feed my sheep. You know what he could have said? He could have said, God, you know, give me some time. Right now, everybody sees me as the guy who denied you. Everybody sees me as weak. They don't see me as a leader. I don't think I'm your guy. I don't think this is the right time. And I want to tell you that the devil will jump on your shoulder, and he will give you every reason why you can't stand up and lead. But what this passage is telling us is, listen, God, I believe, is speaking. We are in a strategic moment of the year. We are in a strategic time, I believe, in the spirit as a church family, that God is saying to you and I, it's time to quit having excuses. It's time to quit looking at the problems. It's time to quit looking at the past failures and the past mistakes. You need to know something. Now's the time. Stand up and lead. Somebody say amen. I want to make a statement to you because this idea of standing up and leading, it's important. And, and I want to make it personal and practical for you. Here, here's the question I want to ask you, or I want, the statement I want to make. 
lead today because it will matter tomorrow. Lead today because it will matter tomorrow. I have a feeling that when God spoke to Joshua and said, Joshua, this is the moment. Stand up and lead. It's time for you to rise and lead. You know, I think went through his head. He probably rewound, went down memory lane back 40 years earlier when they were standing at the same place. And Moses had sent the 12 elders, the 12 leaders of Israel into spies, right? Into the promised land to check out the land. And they came back. And you know what they said? They said, these guys are too big. They're too scary. We're not ready for warfare. How are we going to defeat them? No way. We can't do it. And 10 of the 12 spies, not Joshua, but 10 of the 12 spies said, now now's not the time to lead. And you know what happened? Israel went back into the wilderness. And for 40 years, they wandered until all of the warriors died so that a new generation could arise to go in and step into God's promise. Lead today because it will matter tomorrow. I'll never forget the time when I was 18 years old and my dad came to me. I just graduated from high school. I had a call of God in my life to be in ministry. I was going into college and had scholarships and God had blessed me and I had opportunity to play basketball and do lots of things and be in drama and music and have all this stuff. And my dad comes to me and says, Jared, Moses is dead. Somebody say, what are you talking about? Well, our youth pastor had left. He said, Moses is dead. Stand up and lead my people. I want you to be the youth pastor. And you know what I could have done is I could have said, well, God, not now. I mean, Dad, not now. I'm, I'm 18. I'm going into college. I'm moving on campus. I've got a scholarship to play basketball. I can't play basketball and, and be a youth pastor as well as be in the music department and do all this stuff. And I ended up not playing basketball. But I, I said, I, I, this is the time for me to have fun. This is the time for me to do all the stuff I want to do. Dad, are you sure? Why don't I wait? After I graduate from college, that's when I'll do it. You know, in four or five years, when I finish my education, that's when I'll go ahead and start working in the church. You know, I'm training to work in the church, you know. So why don't we just, this is not the right time. And you know, it's interesting, if I hadn't stepped up and began to lead at 18, I don't believe that I would have been ready when I was 25 to go to a church of thousands of people and become the youth or the worship pastor and lead the ministry that I led if I hadn't decided to stand up and lead. Because if I'd have gone through college and I'd have waited and then I'd have maybe done it five or six years later, I wouldn't have been ready for my moment and the timing would have been all wrong. You see, it was the standing up and leading for those seven years that prepared me to go to Modesto and be the worship pastor for nine years that prepared me to come here and plant a church for the last ten years. The question that I want to ask you is simply this. Where Where will your kids be? Where will your marriage be? Where will your career be? Where will your company be? Where will the team be tomorrow if you don't lead today? God said, Moses is dead. The time is now. How many of you have looked at your mom and said, Mom, why didn't you make me stick with piano lessons? (laughs) 
How many of you look back and say, man, I wish I would have stayed in that sport. I could have. Man, I wish I'd have stayed in school. Lead today, because if you don't, it'll affect tomorrow. Lead today, because the good news is, it'll affect tomorrow. That's good preaching. Somebody say amen. I want to just make a quick statement. Make this practical. Make this personal. Some of you are saying, well, Pastor Jared... What are you talking about? God wants us to step into. Can I tell you that he has promises? He has things that he's planned for you. He's planned for your family. He's planned for your life. And they're not just to go to heaven, but they're to impact this world. So, so here's the question. Are you going to use the excuse of the timing's not right or things have gone wrong or you don't know how tough it's been. You don't, I, I'm not sure if I know where to go. Are you going to use all those excuses? Are you going to say, okay, God, the wind is blowing. You've said the time is now, so I'm going to stand up. So it's time. What is it time for? Maybe it's time for you to sign up for that children's class and start using your gift. Maybe it's time to say, okay, I'm going to volunteer and I'm going to become a coach. Maybe it's time for you to take over the Thanksgiving meal from your family and start to lead. Maybe it's time to go back to school. Maybe it's time to start a devotion time with your spouse or your children. I believe this is the season, this is a vital moment where God is saying the time is now. There are things before you, there are opportunities ahead of you. And so I'm encouraging you, I'm challenging you, stand up and lead. Hear me, Dad, listen, stand up and lead your family. Hear me, Mom, stand up and lead your family. Hear me, businessman, businesswoman, stand up and lead. Hear me, college student or high school or junior high student. Stand up and don't let the peer pressure lead you, but stand up and lead somebody else. Hear me today. The season, the timing is right. Stand up and lead. Somebody say amen. I I feel like that the Lord has been stirring my heart. And this year, God has begun to do some things. We are, as a church, moving into 2015 and we're all in. We're all in. We're not holding back. We're not settling in. We're not coasting. We're all in. And I'll never forget, the Lord began to stir my heart. And one of the things that he said to me is he said, Jared, I want you to have bold faith and I want you to lead boldly. And I'll be honest with you, there's a part of me that wants to say, but, but God, right now, you know, we just moved into this new campus. We're getting adjusted to it. We're trying to, you know, uh, adjust. We have grown by probably 1,500 people in the last year or so. And we're trying to adjust to all of the new people and get more people involved and trying to get the new. And then suddenly God says, bold, 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 expand. In fact, he gave me Isaiah 54, which says, expand your tent. Strengthen the, uh, the stakes and lengthen your cords. Begin to expand, begin to expand. And then suddenly the next thing we know is this, building next door is a possibility so we begin to pray about it and I'll be honest with you there's a part of me that said God Moses is dead (laughs) we've already had seven building projects and we're only nine years old Moses is dead 
I'm done with building. But no, God says expand your tents. There's people in this community that need to find Christ. There's families that need to know the hope. There's children that need to know that Jesus loves them. So you need to expand. So we began praying. God began to confirm. We began to get confirming words. God began to speak to our hearts. We began to see signs where they began to make some decisions to, to do things to help in that process. And as of the 31st of 2014, just a few days ago, we finally, after negotiating, Negotiating for six months, signed the lease to take over home consignment in 2015. We're going to build a family life center there. It's going to be designed to minister to families and kids. I'm not going to go into the details of it, but I'm going to tell you it's a step of faith. Some t- Some of you are like, why is he crying? <laughs> supposed to be happy, right? Sometimes you don't want to have faith. You just want to relax. Sometimes you don't want to jump out of the boat. You just want to lay in the boat. Sometimes you don't want to be a dad and deal with the issue at home. Sometimes you don't want to deal with the financial problems you have. Let's just let it coast and see what happens. But God calls us to moments and seasons where we have to stand up and lead. So we made the decision. We signed the lease and we're beginning the process. And somewhere in the middle of next year, we'll break ground to eventually we'll be able to add a two-story building that's over 22 to 25,000 square feet for children's ministry. We're going to start with the first level. It's strategic because it opens the door for us to, to strengthen and build our special needs ministry, which we're getting ready to launch over here for the next year until we move it to there. It allows us to have more for kids. It allows us to add more classrooms. It also gives us parking spaces so that we can add more space in here and push the walls back and add more space. And we can do all the things we need to do, but you've got to lead. You can't sit back and say, well, let somebody else do it. And there's a lot of families that are wandering in wildernesses. There's a lot of people that are wandering in wildernesses, just like the 12 spies dying on the vine. And the reason is, is they didn't seize their moment. They didn't stand up and lead. And I want to challenge you, lead today because it'll impact tomorrow. I wasn't going to say all that, but amen, there it is. As a church, we've made some other decisions. We've stepped out and added staff. I'm excited that we've added Pastor James Renee full-time on staff. We've added several part-time positions. We, we've, uh, thank you very much. We've, um, thank you, bro. Thank We uh, have shifted some, some things around and restructured our team. We have now four senior associate pastors that will be working under Pastor Wayman and I, uh, Pastor Chris, his role shifting a little bit as one of our senior associates. We have Pastor James, spiritual growth, one of our senior associates. Pastor Randy, who's going to be working and, and, uh, with men's ministry, as well as shifting some things. And then we also have Pastor April working in a senior associate. We, we've had to go all in because the, the wind is blowing. The wind is blowing. God is moving. If you can't see God moving in this church, then may God open your eyes. Lives are being changed. People are being transformed. The wind is blowing. And the opportunity is before you. This is for somebody. Somebody needs to hear this today. You're sitting in 2000, 
15, looking at 2014, grieving over what has died, your divorce, your lost job, your bankruptcy, and God's saying, quit focusing on the past and start focusing on the future. The wind is blowing. Stand up and lead. Somebody say amen. You ready for point two? If you're not, I'm going to give it to you anyway. So the first thing in this story is it's about standing up. It's about God's timing. I want to give you the second point because not only do we draw out of here the idea of standing up to be a leader, but secondly, the the second thing that God is saying is not only stand up, but he's saying, you ready? Step out. Stand up, step out. I want to read to you Joshua chapter 1. I want to read verse 3 and then verses 6 through 9. Wherever you set foot, you will be on land I have given you, God says. Verse 6. Be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess all the land I swore to their ancestors I would give them. Be careful to obey all the instructions Moses gave you. Do not deviate from from them, turning either to the right or to the left. Then you will be successful in everything you do. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all you do. This is my command. Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid or discouraged. For the Lord, your God, is with you wherever you go. I want them to leave these passages up. If you go back to verse 6, guys. One of the things that stop us from stepping out, it's this. Well, the promised land is too far away. It'll take me forever. It's too far away for me to ever get there, so why start now? I'll never get a degree. I'm a parent. We could go down the list, right? I'll never coach a team. What's interesting is I want you to see something. It says, wherever you set foot, you will be on the land I've given you. Look what it says, be strong and courageous, for you are the one who will lead these people to possess. Lead these people to possess. When you look into the Hebrew, the the language that the Bible was written in, you'll discover that these two words are kind of lumped together as one word. Lead and possess are the same. And what that word means, it's a Hebrew word which means to inherit and to occupy. So the point is, is that the way that we grab hold of what God has promised is we have to move. If we, it's in the stepping that we get the possessing. It's in the stepping if you watch, when God said, Joshua, get up and lead. And what did he do? He said, get ready. We're going into the promised land. And the, the, the priests took the ark and they stepped into the Jordan. Listen, in front of them was a river. This was a season of time when it was overflowing. There was no way they could get across. And sometimes we look at the thing that God has put in front of us, some of the promises that he's given us, and we think, there's no way I'll get there. It's too far away. And so what do we do? We might stand up, but then we don't go anywhere. We make our New Year's resolution, and then that's it. But what God's saying in this passage is not only do you need to stand up, but you need to step out. Because it's in the stepping that you start possessing. 
Because as they stepped in the Jordan, it was when their feet touched the Jordan that the miracle started. So many times we don't have the motivation. So many times we're not willing to to move forward towards something that God's put in our heart. And here's why. Because we're afraid and, and we think that it's too far away. But here's what you need to know. What this passage tells us is simply this. God's promise is just one step away. Because it's in the stepping that we start possessing. Is when they moved that the miracle started to happen. And so a lot of people never see the miracle because they never start moving. I've seen it in my life. All throughout my life. And God spoke to me about planting Higher Vision Church. I stood up, I, I, I took the calling and I started talking to my friends. I started preparing the way, just like Joshua did. Say, hey, we're moving, we're going. God's gonna do it. And you know what? It was when I started moving, when I started doing, when I started activating, stepping out in what God had called me to do, that's when all the miracles started. God provided people to come with me. God provided the money to get down here. God provided a place for us to meet. It was in the stepping that we started possessing. Same thing happened in our last campus. We were in a school. We didn't know what to do. God spoke to my heart and said, it's time. Start looking. We didn't have any money. And we had nowhere to go. Anybody ever been there? (laughs) But it was in the stepping that we started possessing. God, it caused me to find a place. I met with someone. That person caught the vision for it and started making a way. And they gave us an exception with the city to make it a church. And then they, we ended up getting $750,000 in build-out money. And all of this was happening at, at the time when the Jordan was flowing. In other words, the timing couldn't have been worse because the economy crashed. So we were going into a building project when churches were losing 40% of their income. How many know when the wind starts to blow and God says it's time? It doesn't matter what your circumstances are. It doesn't matter if you've had a bankruptcy. It doesn't matter if you've had a divorce. When God says stand up and lead, the timing's right. As soon as you start to step out, that's when the river, the miracle, the blessings start to come. Somebody say amen. I don't have time. I was going to use an illustration about this peanut butter right here. It's called North Shore Goodies, and it's coconut peanut butter from Hawaii. And if you'd like, I will tell the story on Facebook or Instagram about this story, because it's a beautiful story that it's in the stepping that we start possessing. (laughs) I don't have time, Trina. I'm sorry, but thank you. (laughs) You feel God's called you to provide for your family? You feel like God said that I have a new job, there's something new I want for you? Quit sitting on your booty, stand up, step out, and turn in an application. Come on, somebody say amen. Stand up, step out. Well, what if, Pastor Jared, I'm supposed to step out, and I believe God's calling me to things, but I don't know where I'm supposed to, to go. I don't know where to lead. I don't know how to do this. I don't know how to be a godly dad. I don't know how to build the company. I don't know. Well, it's interesting. I want to tell you a story, and then I want to show you this passage again. I went on a a trip with my family to San Diego 
over Christmas, it was my brother, younger brother's 20, and his, his wife, Kristen, my sister-in-law, it was their 20th wedding anniversary. So they had a surprise party for them. So we were leaving on a Friday on the holiday weekend. You can see where the story's going, right? At 2.45 from Valencia. Five hours later, we got there. But in the midst of the story, what happened was, and I'm going to make it quick because I'm running out of time. One of my children, who I told, use the restroom before we leave. <laughs> About an hour and a half to two hours into the trip, said, I got to go. And I said, I don't care. <laughs> I told you. We are not stopping until we get there. Pretty soon, he's frequently reminding me in a loud voice, I got to go. My children are yelling at the front. Dad, his eyes have turned yellow. <laughs> so finally out of frustration, I know the traffic's bad. I just go, okay, and I pull off onto an exit. I get off the exit. We go to an Arby's. I turn off the road. I didn't know if there was any place there, but I got off. There was an Arby's um, kind of down a little ways. We go in, and you know that five-minute stop and go to the bathroom thing is never five minutes. <laughs> Come on, all you dads know what I'm talking about. So 30 minutes later, we leave. We drive 10 minutes down the I-5 towards San Diego, and, and Devet says, uh, where's my phone? So we call it, and the manager of Arby's picks up, says, you've left your phone. I'll save it for you here. Well, before we got off the phone, um, or, or he, we got off the phone, and before he could get off, I didn't ask him where he was. And I just said, well, you know, I, I'll remember when I get there. Because I don't remember what exit I'd taken. I don't remember where I'd gotten off. And I'm down in Anaheim. So I turn around, head back the freeway, trying to figure out where I was going. We thought about using the GPS. <laughs> but here's the problem. I didn't trust the GPS because there were so many Arby's. When we said, find Arby's, there was like 20 of them. So I didn't trust the GPS. I figured that I could figure it out by myself. I'll recognize the exit when I get there. An hour later. Now you know why it took us five hours? It took us an hour to find that Arby's. And the reason was that I was convinced that I knew how to go. I was convinced I knew the way. And I wasn't willing to trust the GPS that was willing to talk to me every time I made a bad turn and say, pull a U-turn right there. I want to show you something real quick in this story. Can you guys give me a couple minutes? I know I'm running a little bit late. Wherever you set foot, you will be on the land I've given you. Let's go to the next slide. Study this book of instruction continually. Meditate on it day and night, so you will be sure to obey everything written in it. Only then will you prosper and succeed in all that you do. The word meditate is a word which means in the Hebrew to, to, to think about, to ponder, but it also means to murmur, to speak, to self-talk. And the idea here is to deviate is to turn off. 
So when we study the word and we study God's word and we hear God's word, what it is doing is it's turning on the GPS and it's talking in, when we're studying and reading, we're, we're getting the word to freshly guide and lead our steps every way so that we don't turn off and lose our way. So what the scripture is telling us is, listen, I want you to stand up and lead, and I want you to step out. And if you'll do, and that's why we're doing 21 days of fasting and prayer, because we're learning to develop a discipline as church people, as followers of Christ, to know how to turn on the GPS. So that when we've got to lead, listen, if you're worried about how do I lead my family as a Christian, if you're worried about how do I become a Christian business person in, in a, you know, a world that's filled with unrighteousness, listen, what we're doing the next 21 days is designed to help you turn on the GPS. What does the scripture say in Proverbs? And I just went out of my file here. Hold on. It says in Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5, trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Seek his will in all you do, and he will show you which path to take. So when we read first, you know, the beginning of Joshua, here's what it's saying. Stand up and lead and step out. And if you're worried that it's too far, remember, God's promise is one step away. And when you're trying to step out and you're going, I don't know where to go, guess what? As you study my word, as you turn on my GPS, as you trust in my principles, I will guide you and I will lead you and you will know where to go. So don't be afraid, be strong and courageous. Why? Because I've called you to step up and to step out into the promises I have for you. Somebody say amen. I'm going to end with this and I want the worship team to come. Man, you guys are awesome. You can listen to long-winded preachers. Amen. The last phrase that really caught my attention is the phrase, be strong and courageous. It's peppered throughout this passage. I want the worship team to come. I took a look at that phrase because here's what God says at the end. Hey, I have a suggestion for you, and the suggestion is be strong and courageous. That's actually not what it says. What it says is, this is my command. Be strong and courageous. Don't be afraid, for I'm with you wherever you go. The word courageous is a Hebrew word. There's some really powerful ideas here. The word courageous, listen, it's a Hebrew word, and here's what it means. It means to be alert and to be steadfast-minded. So one of the definitions is courageous, but as you dive deeper into it, it's being alert. It's paying attention. It's being steadfast. You're not going to quit. You're not going to give up. And then it goes on to say, be strong. And the word strong is a Hebrew word. And here's what one of its meaning is. To fasten, to seize, to bind or restrain. So the idea is that you are courageous, you're always paying attention, you're always making sure that you're steadfast in what? In being strong, which is seizing, connecting, binding, restraining. Now, some of you saying, well, what does that mean? Well, here's what it means. David, come on up. I'll, I'll use you. I was going to... 
Just if you can come on up here. So the idea of strong and courageous, it's this. It's that you're always watching to make sure that you're doing this. To bind, to connect, to restrain, to seize. David didn't know what he was getting into when he came up here, did he? (laughs) So here's the cool thing about this phrase. Because a lot of people are afraid to stand up and step out. But here's the cool thing. When you decide to be strong and courageous, here's what happens. You, you get involved in 21 Days of Fasting and Prayer. You start turning on the GPS. You start trusting in the Lord. And what you do is you bind yourself. You connect yourself with God. And what do you say? Wherever you go, I am with you. So being strong and courageous is about stepping out because when you step out, you don't step by yourself. I hate heights. I'm scared of heights. And I went up on a thing to do a bungee jump. I know I'm dumb. (laughs) Doesn't make sense. And I got up there and I didn't want to do it, but there was some girls from our church there. (laughs) And they were willing to do it. And there's no way they were going to do it and I wasn't. So by having them with me, I had the courage to step out. No, we're not going down there. Don't worry. (laughs) So, stepping out, let me say it this way. Courage, connecting yourself to God, courage gives you the ability to step out, and then when you step out, it gives you courage because you've connected to God. God's on the journey with you. And here's the cool thing. Every step you take, you have the courage to take the next step. So you get courage to step, and then you step to get courage. And here's the cool thing. Every time you step and God steps with you, you're stepping onto land he's already given you. You're not going your own way. Why? Because you've, you've seized. You've connected. You've tied up. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. So you're not going your own way. You're not doing your own thing. You're not trusting in yourself. But you have positioned yourself so that now you can be strong and courageous. Why? Because every step you take, you have courage to take the next step. And every step you get, you get more courage. And every time you go, you walk into God's promise because he's already given you. Because you're fulfilling his will. And you're walking into the promises of God. Somebody say, Amen. David makes a good God, doesn't he? Amen. All right. Thank you, David. Stand up and step out. Stand up and step out. See, I believe that as we look up over the next 21 days, GPSs are going to start to activate. Plans and visions and dreams are going to start being released into people's hearts.